Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, and we are reaching the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. If you are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. You can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. So that's uh, that's uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You will find us at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And you can catch up on all those episodes that you may have missed out on, or you just might want to go back and revisit. Wherever you get your podcast, you'll find us at that same username, at Radio Islam USA. So SoundCloud is one of our more popular uh, platforms, but we are also on Google Play, iTunes, and TuneIn. So uh, once again, that username, at Radio Islam USA. If you'd like to uh, ask a question, make a comment throughout the course of tonight's discussion, you can do so by calling us at 312-750-1178, 312-750-1178. And, of course, our Twitter page and Facebook pages are always open. We will be monitoring those and responding throughout the course of tonight's discussion. So, that being said, welcome to another week. I uh, hope everybody had a purposeful, uh, a safe, and... Um, just a great weekend, and that they, they settled into this new one, uh, feeling well, right? That's uh, Monday's Monday's important, so this this starts the whole game for us. So tonight we've got a great uh, conversation. Uh, we're going to be talking with someone who I think is this conversation is really pertinent, especially considering that uh, the holy month of Ramadan is is close at hand. We're going to be talking with Dr. Muslima Ali Najiala, also known as the fitness doc. So Dr. Ali is uh, actually an alumni, uh, alumnus of, of Howard. She got her PhD. Uh, uh, she is an anatomist, a certified brunch co coach, an author, group exercise instructor, a Zumba instructor. Um, she counsels groups and individuals and uh, and is an ex an, an expert in uh, health and nutrition. So we have her joining us uh, via the phone line from Baltimore. Assalamu alaikum. Dr. Ali? Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Ali? Okay, so we've run into a small snafu, Radio Islam family. Uh, but we are always prepared for these things. Uh, we're going to try to get her uh, back on the line. I think we may have lost her for a moment, but I'll say this much. So a part of the reason I say that this is a pertinent discussion, this is important for those who have gone through the, the rigors of, of, uh, of Ramadan, particularly during, uh, during the hotter months, which we've been into for the past, I guess, past eight, eight years or so. Um, it can be quite the it can be quite challenging, and there are certain things that you want to keep be mindful of. I mean, not just talking about being hydrated. Uh, I'm going to see if we, we have Dr. Ali. Dr. Ali. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam. All right. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> I don't know if you heard. <laughs> I don't know if you heard the intro. I, I told just a little a little bit about you and 
and some of the uh, the great things that you do. Um, did you catch all of that, or or should I give it I to you? Did. Okay. I did. I heard you. <laughs> I heard you. Okay. So, Assalamualaikum. Thank you for for taking the time to talk with us. So, oh, my pleasure. So, yeah. So, I was just mentioning that um, I, I think that having you on to be able to 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 benefit from your expertise, especially considering that the the holy month of Ramadan is coming, and it can present some challenges. Uh, that are unique to maintaining uh, fitness levels and exercising and all those things. And if we could just kind of jump in, we'll be bouncing all around, but if we could jump in uh, at that point, um, that would be great. Any ideas? Or what, do you, what do you think about that? What do you tell people? Oh, absolutely. My number one tip for Ramadan and preparing for Ramadan now is absolutely hydration. Um, we are entering the summer months again or the warmer months. It might not be the hottest that it's going to be, but definitely long days. Yeah. And what our bodies need, what they're going to crave is that water. So it's really important to really start now, start today, start this minute, start now, <laughs> drinking water and hydrating. Um, and then it's very important throughout the month to still hydrate. Um, alhamdulillah, a sister, uh, a local sister who's um, also a yogi, a professional yoga instructor, and I have, have a book that we've been, uh, this is our third year of doing this book. It's an ebook, Ramadan Ready, and we break down how to get um, 100 ounces of water a day, and I'm going to share those tips with you. Mm. First of all, I kind of like to make things a little special. So get yourself a special Ramadan tumbler or something that can hold 20 ounces of water. Um, you want to be able to drink, and you can drink about 20 ounces of water in, in a sitting, because the key to kind of staying hydrated is not to, like, sip and put it down, sip and put it down, because you really don't have that type of time in Ramadan to sip and put it down how you might normally have. So get about a 16 to 20-ounce tumbler, and you want to refill that five times, and you can do that with it during the times that it's permissible for us to eat. Mm -hmm. So the first time you want to do that is when you break your fast. Just go ahead as you're breaking your fast, just try to drink all 16 to 20 ounces right then and there with your date before prayer. Drink your drink 20 ounces. Fill it back up. Every time you empty it, fill it back up so that it's a reminder to keep drinking. The second time you want to drink more water is after Maghrib. Um, so after Maghrib, before you eat the heavier iftar meal, then go ahead and drink another 16 to 20 ounces. Just drink all of it. Mm -hmm. Then before you go to bed, drink some more. And you might want to start doing this now, especially before bed, so that it doesn't cause you to then wake up throughout the night so your body gets a little used to it, so you're not waking up kind of throughout the night to use the restroom because then, you know, that disrupts your sleep pattern. You can train yourself? So you can train yes. yourself to, to yes, not wake you can. up? Wow. Okay. Yes, you can. And what happens is most of the time we are dehydrated, and so then you start drinking all this water and you go to the bathroom a lot, but but eventually your body, you will still use the restroom, but your body will use the water that it needs. It's almost like, have you ever had a plant? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, my goodness, my plant is it's dying. It's, it's running out of water. And then you pour all the water on it. What happens? It runs right out of the plant. Right. Right. But when the soil is already a little bit moist and then you water the plant, it's not dehydrated, but you water the plant, it holds more water. Our bodies work the same way. 
So you can train your body to be hydrated and to hold the proper amount of water that it should hold by actually drinking lots of water. It sounds a little counterproductive, but you want to drink lots of water. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that was three times, the third time being before you go to bed. Then fill that water bottle up, put it right by your bed. When you wake up, as soon as your feet hit the floor, before your feet hit the floor, drink all of it. Drink it all. And then your last time would be with, you know, if, if you know, if you take sahur, sahur meal, which inshallah we are, then after, you know, your sahur meal, then you drank another 20 ounces. So do, in doing that, you have, in, your intake has been close to 100 ounces of water, which is what you would need really to stay, to stay hydrated. The recommendation for, for water intake is half of your body weight in ounces. That's kind of the newer recommendation. Those are guidelines that we go with. So half your water weight in ounces. So be honest we with yourself like, about your weight and then <laughs> divide that. Uh, in half. Divide that, but a 100 ounces would be good. So whether that's, more or less, 100 ounces is a good round figure to try to consume, especially during Ramadan. Yeah, that would be a good a good way. But hydration is, if if if, if nothing else, remember hydrate. Hydration is is very key to just normal functioning, maintaining clarity and focus, and and really not landing yourself in the hospital when the when the temperatures are warm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, Doctor Ali, what has been your path uh, into fitness? My path into fitness has been a lifelong thing, actually. Um, my parents, even though I grew up in Savannah, Georgia, so we're deep, deep south where everything is fried, 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 and lots of meats and heavy things. My parents and my family has pretty much been into fitness. One of our traditions growing up on uh, Saturday mornings, we would pray Fajr. Mm -hmm. um, and we would go to a lake that was close by our house that was about two miles from our house, and the distance around the lake, the perimeter of the lake, it was a, a paved path, was about one and a half miles. And as long as I can remember, we, we walked it, we ran it, we rode our bikes, but we got out there, and as a family, we exercised together. And I was about maybe nine years old when that started. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been kind of doing some form of movement. My mother has always kind of been into fitness classes. My father continues to walk. Um, so I definitely saw it modeled in my home. Um, that was the start of it. And then I got into running track and cross country in high school. And I really just liked the way I felt after exercising. So it's something that I that I continued on my own uh, as an adult, and it definitely shaped my foray into anatomy and neuroscience and eventually pursuing the Ph.D. in anatomy was from my love of the human body and just how we can take care of it and and how, how if we take care of it, it takes care of us. It's a nice mutual relationship. Right, right. So, you know what, let me double back for a moment. You mentioned uh, that this is going to be the third year that uh, you will be releasing uh, a book that you've done with, was it one other person or was it two other people? Yes, one other person. One Her other name person. is Nazahat Amin, and she is a, a friend of mine and a yoga instructor. We've done fitness here in the Baltimore City where, where we live. We've done um, joint efforts because... 
I, I, I like to stay in my lane, and I'm very clear about the type of fitness that I'm into. And yoga is very specialized, very unique. And so she's a master yogi. That's her lane. Um, she's uh, in school to be a yoga therapist, and she is excellent at what she does. So we've partnered together on several events here in Baltimore, and we decided that why don't we come up with a book that has all these types of tips, Ramadan etiquette, um, preparing your home, uh, Quran reading checklist, hydration checklist, um, weekly goals, daily reflection, just all types of edit, just a jam pack, just a, a Ramadan. It's called Ramadan Ready. So if you want to be Ramadan Ready, <laughs> we um, include tips and tricks and things for that. Um, and so this is our third year of releasing our ebook. It's an ebook, so you get it in an electronic form. You can view it on all of the digital devices, but you can also print it out. I like to print it out because I like to mark in mine and check off and checklist and things like that. Um, But yes, it's our third year of releasing our book. And and now where can we find the book? The book will be at RamadanReadyBook.com, RamadanReadyBook.com. We are in the midst of editing um, or making our final edits to the book, so it it will be ready on May 10th. Okay. So we are, um, we're, we're, but it will be at RamadanReadyBook.com. Okay. So do you find, or in your experience, have, have you seen that many people don't take the time to set Ramadan goals? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we are a culture, and it's not, we are a culture of busy people. We, we thrive on busyness and being busy and not having downtime. Mm-hmm. And so I think with, Anything that we're trying to achieve, that we're trying to accomplish in life, um, planning and being prepared is 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 a is a, is a big part of it. Um, we've had tremendous success, and lots of people wondering when the new one is coming out this year because I think it has been very helpful. I've used it with my daughter. We have a, a daughter who she's turning eight in a couple of days, and last year she was fasting, and so she was able to use it to try to kind of check off things that I think not only planning and preparing, but also seeing that you're making, you're making strides. So if you know you're supposed to read a juice a day and then you have a chance to check the check mark by a box that you've read today, then it's like, Oh, I am making progress. I am doing something. I did drink my five containers of water. Mm-hmm. Um, I've prayed all my prayers. I've made some extra prayers. I've given public of this today. So it's really kind of, planning and preparing and keeping giving you motivation to keep going as you continue to make progress throughout the month. Mm. Now, you know what? Um, I think we have a preconceived idea and maybe a limited idea of what it means to uh, to have a healthy lifestyle. Uh, and, and, and sometimes I think that's more about the aesthetics of, you know, we figure if we look good, we that that that's enough. Could right. you talk to us a bit about what are the the ingredients to a healthy lifestyle? The ingredients to a healthy lifestyle is starting where you are, mm-hmm. starting where you are. Um, there are lots of scales and indices and all these things that you can get really bogged down, and I think actually more people get discouraged by those than it helps people. Um and, and to be honest, they are a little bit skewed because of the body type that they're meant for. Um, so 
look for uh, looking at it like a BMI index, a body mass index, which say whatever the height is and your ideal weight. And if you're over that, you're either um, overweight or you're obese. Now, if somebody sees that and they're in the obese category and then they look at what the ideal is for, they've already pretty much, oh, I can't achieve that. They've given up. Right. Scratch that. Start where you are. What is your goal? What is your goal? I have a goal to be in physical shape, but I'm also knowing that diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol runs in my family. I'm very much so concerned about my heart health and making sure that what I'm doing now in my younger years helps to shape my quality of life in my later years. Mm. And I think that more, more than the aesthetics should be the goal. Um, the aesthetics will come, you know, if your goal is to lose weight, that will come. But what is your health? What is What are your insides looking like? Um, and how do you feel? Do you have energy? Can you manage to stay awake? Can you stay awake, you know, without falling asleep? Do you have, are you on medications? Like those are things that I think are more um, instructional or and informative of your health than simply how you look. Because there are definitely people who will look heavier and be in good shape. And there are absolutely people, there is something called, um, I think it's called skinny fat or something, that are smaller framed Mm -hmm. but have high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol. Just because you're small doesn't mean that you're healthy. And just because you're bigger doesn't mean that you're unhealthy. So I think the aesthetics is something that we get hung up on because that's what we can see. But we should be concerned about and more... Um, aware of those things that we can't see, particularly our heart health. You know what? Well, you mentioned something. Uh, obviously, that's this very important idea of being healthy on the inside. You know, the, the our, our trunk. Where, you know, where basically all of our valuables are. You know, from the our neck down to our our waist. Um, mm-hmm. But going back to this this external thing, because we are we are visual uh, creatures, and this idea of body type, do you think that there's enough, there's enough awareness of the different body types um, that we have? And, and if not, what are some of the things that people need to do? I mean, I guess to make peace with, you know, you just might not have the type of body type that's, 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 that's splashed across the magazines. Right. No, there's not um, enough awareness about body types at all. Any, anyone who's in, we're all in families. We are not all the same. If you have children, your body types are not all the same. So there is not enough awareness. And unfortunately, the body type that is typically presented in magazines is unrealistic. And it's just, it's not, it's not real, whether you're looking at a, a more fashion magazine or even as kind of the thing, the idea of fitness rather is becoming more popular. The fitness magazines, like, most of the men we don't know look like the cover of Men's Health magazine, no more than the women look like the cover of Women's Health or Cosmo. Mm-hmm. So we're getting it at all angles, whether you're supposed to be super, super fit and muscle and ripply. And that actually can be very dangerous. Some of those people who enter physique com- competitions and what they do to get those types of bodies um, is very, can be very, very, very dangerous. Um, and then just Starving yourself to be thin is very dangerous at all when thinness is not something necessarily to aspire to. Uh, I also do want to let it be known, however, though, that let's not 
uh, let's also be truthful with ourselves that carrying fat specifically, <laughs> like you said, in the trunk and around your midsection is yeah. not healthy. Mm-hmm. That is definitely an indicator of heart problems and uh, future future health problems, how your waist circumference is and what your waist is looking like as far as where you're holding weight. We tend to gain weight um, in our midsections. So from our midsections, then it spreads up and down. And then we tend to lose weight from our face down into our midsection. So just being aware that if you notice your pants are fitting tighter, your waist is getting a little bit tighter, then it might be time to start thinking about some different healthy alternatives that we can be instituting in our lives. Because while we need to be accepting of different body types 100%, we also shouldn't be in denial of potentially having health problems. We need to find that good balance between the two. Well, I think you just kind of you kind of burst my bubble. Um, oh, no, no it, it was good. It needed to be, it needed to be burst. Uh, no, because I have, I've put on weight. I had, a, I had an injury and, and it kind of stopped me from being as active as I, as I was. And so I, you know, I picked up a little weight around the midsection and mm-hmm. it, and it's, um, it's comfortable. It doesn't want to leave. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that's, and that happens. Yeah. As we age, injuries, things, slowing down vice, getting busy with families and children, that definitely happens. And it's okay. I think people feel like, oh, it's here. It's just never going to change. It doesn't come on overnight. Maybe we looked in the mirror and thought that it came on overnight, but the reality is it's been creeping up on us over time. No one goes to sleep one night and then wakes up, you know, way heavier. That doesn't happen. And so you have to be gentle with yourself mm-hmm. and patient with yourself, and I like to say institute small habits that you can do consistently over time to make large change. Yeah, and you know what, and that's one of the things that I'm excited about. Uh, Ramadan always comes at the right time, and by no means am I telling uh, any of the Radio Islam family that, you know, Ramadan is a a diet plan. Um, That is not what we're looking at, but there are so many benefits as far as um, uh, uh, purification of the body and, and getting the systems regulated and uh, it's just coming at a just it's right on time as always so here's what we're going to do we're going to take a short break but when we come back we want to get into uh, some of the things that we can do as far as maintaining uh, fitness in addition to the uh, hydration and stuff during the month of Ramadan and 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 talk about this word that maybe some folks may have not heard of. What's it called? The the Ragnar? Is that it? Did I say it wrong? Dr. Ali? Yes, yes. It, it is it's the Ragnar. Is that is that it? Ragnar. 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 Okay. So Radio Sound family, we're gonna take a short break. We're gonna come back with Dr. Ali and we're gonna talk about the Ragnar. We're gonna talk about getting and staying fit during the month of Ramadan. This is Radio Islam on WCEV 1458. Hello, traffic had stopped. Pedestrians were lying on sidewalks and curled up in doorways. There was no sign of violence, no wrecks, nothing like that. It was as if the people in New York had simply decided to stop whatever they were doing and pass out. Ice coated my stomach. The invasion has started. 
To find out what happens next, read Percy Jackson and the Olympians by Rick Reardon. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38, and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brother's Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this 8-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brother's Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brother's Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen. And remember, you can keep up with us by following and liking our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And you can check out all those episodes you may have missed or want to revisit wherever you get your podcast, and you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. Uh, last point, if you want to give us a call, do so at 312-750-1178. We are talking with Dr. Ali, the fitness doc. And we've been talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, we've been talking about some of the ways to, to maintain uh, health and just defining what it is to be healthy. And we closed out, uh, before we went to the break, I brought up this word, I'm going to say it wrong again, Ragnar. Is that it right now? Yes. I said That's it right. It, Ragnar. Okay, okay. So you are also you are also uh, an avid runner. I am. And I am. So so tell because you are the only the second person that I that I have met that actually has run this race, this Ragnar. Would you tell the uh, Radio Slam family a little bit about what that is? Yes, absolutely. So Ragnar races um, are a series of races. So some organization decided we're gonna. <laughs> have a race where they have, well, they have two types. They have trail relay races, and then they also have road relay races. Trail relay races are, are races that are run just on that, on on unpaved uh, territories. And then there are road relay races. And road relay races are held in different cities um, in hours or over the course of several cities. The one that I participate in, I captained, was held, uh, we started in, Cumberland, Maryland, so outside of Baltimore, Maryland, and our team of 12 women ran from Baltimore, Maryland into Washington, D.C. over the course of 36-ish hours. Wow. So almost all Ragnar relays are similar to that over the over the course of 30, 36 hours or so, but the exact distance changes from area to area hours is always kind of around 200 miles. I think most of them are about 200 miles. 
um, two vans, two 15-passenger vans, a team of 12 women. So we had six women in each van um, and a driver. <laughs> and we we ran relay style. So person runner number one goes out and runs their distance. The distance varies. Um, it's predetermined distances as determined by the Ragnar organization. Uh, but you pick a leg and you run your distance. You hand the baton to the next person. And you keep going until you get to person number 12, and then you start all over. What's unique about Ragnar is there is no stopping. So we run, we ran through the night um, while your van mates and your teammates are running. You try to catch a little nap. But it's so exciting that you're usually up cheering people on. Um, I am not typically a night runner. I'm actually a very much so um, early riser and early runner. I get my workouts in typically between 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. So running in the night, through the night, was a, an experience. I was about to ask, uh -huh. did, you, did you get some of that nighttime running in? So you did run at night. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. No. And, we were, and we're in rural Maryland. I think people think Maryland and they think, oh, you know, urban city. But we're in rural Maryland. And as the sun has set, I have on my headlamp. It's very secure, very safe. They have monitors all along the way. They have people driving alongside um, the route to check on people. But And they have required safety equipment, safety checks. So I have my headlight on, and I'm running, and I can see not very far in front of me because we are in a rural area, so there aren't any lights. And then all of a sudden I hear, there is a cow <laughs> across the street uh -huh. that scared me. It scared me. I could smell it, but it was it was an experience. It was an experience running um, with eleven other amazing sisters, Muslim women. Uh, we had the first Muslim women's road relay team. Our team name was All Star Rap Stars, and it was just a fun. Probably my Outside of my first, the first marathon that I ran, my most favorite running experience. Um, it, it was it was awesome. So so was this experience? Uh, is this the same experience that was documented by the uh, that was in the Huffington Post? This is this is the experience that was in the Huffington Post. Uh, like I said, just just deciding that I wanted to run and I wanted to run with a group of Muslim women. We shared the same faith values, very, you know, calling on the same source, calling on Allah for inspiration, for motivation, and really just bonding with other Muslim women. I think that, like I said in the beginning of the broadcast, we're very busy people and having the time, even if we are running, but to cheer each other on as we're doing something positive for ourselves, positive for our bodies. Most of us, were, our mothers have children, so for our children to see us just kind of conquering these 200-plus miles over Maryland and, and D.C., was it was an amazing experience. I can't say that enough. I'm going to keep on saying it. It sounded redundant, <laughs> but that's just... That's the only word I can think of to describe it. So uh, obviously, I think um, it, it would it would seem obvious that this was something that other uh, Muslim women. Well, okay, I'll, I'll step back and I'll say this: I am inspired whenever I see somebody run a marathon, and yes. and, and 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 in this light, for for a group of Muslim women to to do this relay that is two hundred miles, I imagine this this was also inspiring and empowering what was some of the feedback 
that you got from some of your Muslim sisters or and, and from, from folks in general? People were in awe as we were doing it because none of us had done it before, so it was all of our first time. We were just so 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 motivated, so so excited. We didn't even we you know, when you're doing things you're not always necessarily setting out over oh, going to make history. You just I knew some people. I said, hey, you want to run? They said, okay. I said, like, mm-hmm. come on. And we worked in the months leading up to it, making sure that we were practicing, making sure that we had all of our gear, all of our supplies, all the tools that we needed. And then, you, you know, you're, you're setting up for this kind of big race, and then it's here. So we just want to perform well. Um, and they, we were so, by the end of it, some of us were on Facebook Live documenting it to have the communities that we're a part of rallying us on, cheering us on as we as we each reach each of our finish, kind of our finish lines for each of our legs. It was, the response was overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive. And it really gave, I think, hope for other people who might not think that this is for them, the idea that, yes, it's for you too. When we talk about body types and body images, we had sisters who were very experienced runners, and then we had sisters who were somewhat newer runners. Mm-hmm. Um, we had sisters who just all walks of life, all um, fitness levels, all body types competing and coming together for a common goal. You know, it's, it, th- that is something I can attest to as far as the different body types because I've been going to the um, Bank of America, the Chicago Marathon, for probably about the past five or six years. Uh, one of my uh, really good friends, she runs. She's been running for the past or that during that time, and I, I go and my wife and I we cheer her on, and we were really surprised to see some of the the different body types, folks that you Absolutely. would not expect to see uh, in a, in a marathon, but. Um, but but to that point, let me ask this: as an an, an anatomist, right? Um, I think sometimes the, the the questions that we ask uh, regarding like tips for new runners, uh, I want to put a spin on this and ask: what are some of the tips that you would give for new runners in light of uh, of their own body types and uh, and maybe their their capabilities or, or limitations what are some of the things that you would advise people to be uh, to keep it into consideration that are thinking about getting into running yes good question excellent question first of all what I would like to say that is if if you have two feet and you're kind of able-bodied you can you are you can be a runner if that's something that you so desire so the first step would be just kind of taking away the stigma that, oh, my body type is not the body type that I see on Runner's World magazine. It's not who's winning the marathons because I have not won any marathons. And my pace, quite frankly, is not fast enough as it stands to win a marathon. That's not why I do it. Marathons, uh, so let me divert for a minute. So marathons, um, the person who's winning marathons, just to give you an idea, usually has a five-minute mile pace. They're running one mile in five minutes. Who are these people? Um, 
professional marathon runners. Mm. <laughs> they are professionals. They are absolutely they're professionals. They're sponsored. They train day in and day out. They have a, a bevy of people around them. They're athletes. They're just like football players, basketball players. It is a sport. It is a um, it is an legit sport. So mm. they're professionals. So that's kind of the first thing. Okay. And that's not to be discouraging. That's not to be discouraging <laughs> at all. Okay. The bulk of your people who run marathons. On average, I've finished, I, I have finished in typically the top half of most races that I participate in are running somewhere between 7 and 10-minute miles. Mm. Um, that is a solid pace. Then you have people who are running anywhere from 10-minute miles, and usually the cutoff, uh, because they do have to, when you run a marathon, and a marathon is the 26.2 miles, you're cutting off, you typically you're cutting off streets and things like that. So they do at some point have to kind of regain the city that you're running in. So they have to open the streets back up. So most marathons have a cutoff time, um, and that's usually seven hours to complete the entire marathon route, which says that you can run it in about 15 minutes. You can run it in 15 minutes. You can have a 15-minute per mile pace. And I'm saying run, but it is absolutely fine to run walk a marathon it is absolutely fine to walk a marathon to participate people think that oh you have to run and that's the only way you can do it mm -hmm. if your body type or your physical limitations does not allow you to run but you still have a goal or a desire to compete in races mm -hmm. there are walk there's walking and there's also run walking where maybe you jog for a minute and then you can walk for one two to three pardon me three to five minutes or any increment of walking and running that you that you would like so you don't have to feel obligated to run the entire thing. Um, just as a, a little plug to my mother, because my mother has now completed ten, nine or ten half marathons. Wow. She That's walk so runs them. Um, and her, she's my mother, so she's older than I am, obviously. So she, <laughs> as she's gotten older, she's realized that running is not, you know, her body is not withstanding running how it used to. The recovery, she can do it, but she understands the recovery. And then just the toll that's taking on her body, right. just as a normal part of aging. So she's taken to walk running them, and she still finishes in really good time. She does a really, a really good job. And when you take on something like this, there's definitely um, training that you just don't want to go out tomorrow and decide you're going to do this. So there's training, and with proper training, Proper shoes are very, I'm very big on having the proper type of footwear because you want to protect that base of your body. You, any, almost anyone with the desire and with the will to train properly can complete a marathon, half marathon, which is 13.1 miles, a 10K, 6.2 miles, or 5K, 3.1 miles. I'm convinced of that. Mm. Well, you know, you just, you just sprinkled a little bit of hope uh, on me. Absolutely. Uh, because... <laughs> Well, I'm not going to get into the whole what was me injuries, blah, blah, blah. But um, I ran eons ago and, uh, you know, in high school, I was cross country. And back then, and I was probably about 100 pounds lighter, um, still growing, I was running a 530. Wow. Um, back then. And uh, wow. Yeah. No, nowhere near that now. The last time I did, a, I did the, uh, we have the, is is the hot chocolate? Uh, do they yes. do that also in Baltimore? They come to Philadelphia. That's okay. the nearest city to me that I'm aware of. So I've I've seen it in Philadelphia. Okay, so yeah, I did that maybe maybe three years ago, and I'm probably averaging around a 
nine and a half or I, I was probably one of those 10 minute guys. Um, so yeah, I, I'd never really thought about walking and running. So yes. I, yeah, I might have to revisit that. So, it's not a, people think, Oh, I'm cheating or it's an easy way out. When, when you think about fitness, you have to do what works for you. It's a very personal journey. If you don't like running, don't run. If you don't like, you know, I, I tell people all the time, if you, do you like dancing? Do you like Latin music? Do you like trap music? Do you like African music? There's there's a fitness class for you. Like, there's something. Do you like lifting weights? Do you like high energy, nonstop changing every day? There's CrossFit. Like, there's so many things that you can do in the area of fitness. Find your fitness, whatever you like to do it. Running might look cool, and maybe the way that you enjoy running, if that's not your thing, is like you said, maybe you go and cheer people on. Maybe you volunteer at a water stop. Maybe you cheer people on. But that doesn't mean that you have to run if that's not your thing. Right, you have right. to find what you like and what you like to do and do that. And then if there is a way or if there's a desire to do something that you think is not in your realm anymore, give it a try. Talk to a professional coach walking and walk running. Are, are definite viable. There are very professional Galloway methods. There are very sound methods for walk running through these distances that are proven to be effective. Mm. So, Dr. Ali, one of the things that happens to us, or we notice as we get older, t- typically range of motion uh, starts to, uh, is impacted. And mm-hmm. what are some of the, the, the tips that you can give us uh, some things that we can be mindful of to help us to to keep that range of motion, keep our, our flexibility. Yes, good question, excellent. And keeping flexibility, stretching, stretching. I know that yoga is becoming very popular. Yoga is, and and I would like to say this: people think of yoga. Oh, I don't like yoga; it's boring. It's just stretching. Yoga is way more intense than just stretching. Number one, yeah. but um, it's. Whether you are regularly active, I incorporate yoga in my routine because I do need that long, extended stretch um, session of deep stretching, increasing my mobility, my balance, my core um, strength and flexibility. I think yoga um, encompasses all of that. But stretching, I think that we tend to kind of forget when when you want to look at what to do, look at babies. Mm-hmm. Babies are stretching, they're moving, they're moving their bodies in all types of ways. So sometimes we can take a, take a word from the wise, take a word from, from out of the mouths of babes or out of the bodies of babes in this instance. But stretching, waking up, well, I'll say this, um, back up a little bit. And alhamdulillah for Salat, because in Salat mm-hmm. are lots of what is, what is now we see um, as being uh, yoga poses. But if we are praying regularly, we're stretching a little bit. Um, so it's really in those poses that we do or the, the positions that we get into for our prayers have excellent health benefits. Um, so as we talk about Ramadan and, and, and being fit, make tara, 20 rock off tara with prayer <laughs> and see if you don't get a little bit of a workout um, doing the standing and the bending and the stretching. But stretching is really excellent. Stretching in the morning. Um, you know, reaching towards the sun, some rotational side-to-side movements, bending down to reach your toes. Those are some very kind of simple, basic stretches that you can do. And in in addition to stretching, really extending our walking. 
I really do appreciate and I like how the Fitbits and the Apple Watches and these devices are out where you can kind of have these challenges or you're keeping up with your steps. But walking is one of our most basic, one of our most primal, really, methods of transportation. And increasing those steps actually tends to increase your mobility. It increases your flexibility and range of motion. And as we age, even though even beyond your and my years, as we really get into our golden ages, we're talking 60s and above, it really helps to prevent osteoporosis and falls. And when we fall as we age, unfortunately, some of those falls are very, very dangerous. We break hip bones and things like that. That can really be a, a very severe hindrance to our health as we age. So I would encourage stretching and increasing our distance and our steps in walking. Mm. Uh can the can can I don't know if it's stiffness or not, but is there a point in our flexibility or range of motion where it may be limited that um, we might not be able to get get it back or, or move past that or I don't know if I'm saying that right or not. Um, can we undo uh, the stiffness? If you have a, a typical stiffness that is not caused by injury. The answer is most often yes with lots of practice, okay. um, with lots of practice and with a more focused type of, of mobility. And that's why I mentioned yoga specifically. There are, um, my husband uh, has a herniated disc and I, I'm very aware this is something that several people, not just men, but several people, several, several individuals um, have so, something similar. And so his range of motion yeah, and what he can do is has been drastically approved this has improved our as a personal testimony with him doing yoga and when he does it regularly he has much better results than when he does it occasionally he says that he's not as stiff anymore mm -hmm. um and as an athlete you know parts of my body or as a runner especially parts of my body are definitely more tight more stiff than others and so to counteract that i definitely i'm very serious about stroke uh stretching and using devices like foam rollers to help as well foam rollers are kind of like little massagers little massaging but to answer your question if your if your stiffness or your range of motion is not medically um inhibited like you didn't have an accident or something like that then with practice yes you should be able to regain um your range of motion and mm. flexibility. Okay. All right. So one of we the things... We might not be going out for the gymnastics team, but <laughs> <laughs> you should be mobile. Right. You'll be able to touch your toes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Dr. Ali, one of the things that, uh, because you, I, I mean, I say this often, and I feel like I'm almost uh, I'm almost doing a commercial, but that this hour, our hour for Radio Slime, it really flies by. But I want to make sure before we get to those last few minutes, I want to ask you about uh, some of the services uh, that you provide and, 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 and really to, to get into that through the, through, the, uh, uh, through the doorway of your blog um, mm -hmm. and to ask what are some of the things that you blog about and then feel free to also uh, just to kind of share with the Radio Islam family some of the services that you provide. Yeah, so some of the things that I blog about, well, first, my the name of my business, my business is actually Fit and Healthy You, and my tagline is that the healthy lifestyle 
evolution. Mm. Um, a lot of times our fitness journey is a revolution. We start, we stop, we start over again, we stop, and we kind of keep on going in the same circle. But my goal is to get us not to revolve, but to evolve. So the fitness, the healthy lifestyle evolution. And it is my expertise combined with my personal experience. So in my blog, I do a little bit of both. I chronicle my running journeys. I have a goal to run a half marathon in every state. Um, So I talk about that. I I love to run, and I enjoy running races. All of my races aren't great races, so I have some some races (laughs) that work so good. And I try to keep it, you know, keep it honest. It's not all beautiful and roses. Sometimes there's struggles, and that's part of our life, so I try to share that as well. Um, I have healthy recipes on there, breakfast recipes, dinner. I love to cook. Uh, Like I said, I come from the South, so I have a a history and a legacy of cooking. So I love to cook healthy foods that are delicious, that are soulful. Um, And I also share events and things like that that I'm presenting or that the public is welcome to attend. Um, You can find my blog at DrAliFitnessDoc.com. Uh, fitandhealthyyou.com. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Ali. That's D-R-A-L-I Fitness Doc, D-R-A-L-I-F-I-T-N-E-S-S-D-O-C. That's Instagram and Facebook. So some of the services that I provide are, as you mentioned, run coaching. So I provide templates for run programs. If you have a 5K that you want to run, I can meet you where you are, develop a training program for you, um, and coach you through that virtually or in person. So I'm located in the Baltimore area. Um, so my in-person services will, will be limited to this area, but virtually I have done virtual pro coaching. I teach fitness classes, uh, strength training, cardiovascular classes, and also do run groups. So I'm actually gearing up to do a group of Muslims actually in the D.C. area um, want um, me to coach families. A group of about 15 to 20 families are interested in running a 5K, and so they're hiring me out. So I do that for universities, for groups, for colleges. I've done that with some of the the universities around here, Mm -hmm. um, trained some of their staff and uh, faculty to run races from 5Ks to uh, half marathons. And then I have kind of what I like to call my individual initiatives. So I like to do online um, fitness challenges. I've had a 40-day sugar-free fast. We're kind of a a country of sugar addicts. 40 days. 40 days. Mm. 40 days, no sugar. Let me me know when you do that one again. Yes, and we guide you through it, give you all the tips and tools and support (laughs) support to try to do that. I have uh, a program, Bust Your Gut program, that's a, a virtual program. Um, where we talk about, and that one is not just the, the aestheticness of busting your gut, but also increasing core strength. Mm. As we age, we see the people who kind of hunch over a lot of times that's because our, our core, not just our abs, but our core um, is not strong. And so we have to start working on our core strength, our flexibility from a young age. So I, I do talks on fitness and nutrition, anything fitness and nutrition related, you got it. I just... Friday just spoke with a, a group of Girl Scouts uh, in the, uh, the the part of the D.C. area, um, and we did exercises and activities on having positive body image. Um, so anything health 
wellness, fitness related, uh, that's my alley. I'm, I'm there. Well, we thank you so much. Um, and you are definitely uh, the, the name, Dr. Fit. It is absolutely uh, befitting. Uh, so we, <laughs> we appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to talk with us. And I'm hoping that we can um, maybe check in with you during the month of Ramadan. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that, that would be great. So, um, so, so yeah, so we thank you very much. Um, Radio Islam Family, uh, the website is uh, fitandhealthyyou.com. Uh, and uh, Dr. Ali already gave you her social media information. I'm sure you can find most of those things there as well uh, on her website. And at this point, we're going to wrap up. We want to go ahead and thank our engineer over at WCEV, Ramon, for making sure we come through loud and clear. We thank our engineer, the impressive one, in studio, assistant producer Ibrahim Baig. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision, Inc. With that, pray that everyone has a great evening. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow, and we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.